Hey guys, it's Dana Seymour, your podcast editor, and it is truly my joy to be here with you today, specifically because something new is coming tomorrow. We are so excited. So be sure you're on our mailing list and check your inboxes tomorrow morning. If you love these revving the words, which I'm sure you do if you're here today, you're going to love this brand new program. This program is for everyone. It will be another great training tool for your body, mind, and spirit. So go to the show notes below and sign up for our mailing list today. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, it's another Revving the Word with Elisa Keaton, and today we're jumping into 1 Corinthians 10. I'm not sure about you, but this studying 1 Corinthians has truly been life-changing for me. So if it's just as impactful for you, we'd love for you to share them with a friend. We hope you guys have a wonderful day. Be blessed. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. All right, God, here we are. Come on in. Do your thing with us this morning, evening, afternoon. Thank you, God, for breath, for life. Thank you that we can renew our minds. And that when we move our bodies, something deeper happens inside of us. So we thank you for every molecule that's about to change and bounce around inside of us and around us to resonate with the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. So come have your way. Open your words to us. Holy Spirit, with wisdom, teach us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take a deep, deep inhale, exhale. Inhale through your nose, exhale out your mouth. For some of you, it might be really smart to just kind of take some obnoxious breath in and out, maybe shake your arms, tap your body a little bit, like just get in your body. We're so prone to kind of check the box, move our body, because we know we know it's what we should do, and in the shoulding, we miss it. This is not about closing your exercise ring. This is not about whittling down your waistline. Those are all secondary things. This is literally just time to worship God. Worship. And we're going to continue in the book of 1 Corinthians. Because today, Paul is warning us against idolatry. And idolatry is the worship of anyone, anything besides God. And worship is about what you give yourself away to, what you spend yourself on, what consumes your thoughts, your actions, decisions, your words. Right, I'm with you. We are prone to wander. 
So 1 Corinthians 10, our verse that we're just going to hinge on today, which you've heard it before, but we'll get some backstory as we look at deeper into chapter 10. It's verse 31, where Paul can say, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. This is the word of the Lord. All right, I had to do it, because let's have some fun. Come on, come on. Nice, easy steps on a scale of one to 10. Start moving towards a seven. At a seven, you are comfortably working. You are not doing housework. You're doing focused activity. All right. So whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we're going to do it all to the glory of God. Could you imagine what your life would look like if you could live out this one piece of Scripture? Tell you what, I definitely would not exist. I would not be doing this. <laughs> If we could get this glory thing right, and this gratitude thing, but here we are, flesh and blood, filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's, a little context to why Paul gets, he wraps this up with this so, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Got to look at verse, chapter 9. Paul gets done saying how focused he is on winning some for Christ and to share in the blessings with them. I love this. Paul doesn't want a personal platform or successful ministry. He wants a team, a family, more than riches or fame. May that be true of all of us. Come on. That'll get after some idolatry. What do I want? What am I desiring? Y'all, welcome to Revelation Wellness. You need to be able to ask yourself that question often. Especially where there is division among us. Because James tells us what causes the quarrels among you, the divisions among you. Isn't it the desires within you? So Paul's like, listen, I got my own desires too. He's not immortal. <laughs> He's a man who once killed Christians the greatest persecutor of God's plan, <laughs> converted. And that's why I think he could care less about whether he gets married, doesn't get married, whether people like his teaching, don't like his teaching. He wants a family, a team of people that honor God, 
that glory God. The word glory is to make good opinion of. Do all things, giving God a good opinion, not ourselves. That'll preach. So Paul goes on and warns them of idolatry because blessings, when we are blessed, bring a temptation to pride in ourselves. We lift ourselves up. I just got done writing this question down for my coaching group. How do we do humility without self-annihilation or self-deprecation? How do we get little without becoming so hopeless? Accelerate. Come on. Right? His blessings will build us up, and then we'll tend to pride ourselves. Come on, have your way, God. Get after our pride. We've been going after pride. Paul is going after pride over and over in this book of Corinthians. So then Paul goes on to refer to some of Israel's history with idolatry. I'll read it to you. Verse 7. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. Accelerate. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Paul, I love it. He's using history, the shortcomings of God's people to say, Remember this happened? Let's not do this again. Come on. Keep your acceleration. Breathe. Relax your jaw. Relax your jaw. So, pull back. The history when he talks about people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. <laughs> That's Exodus 32, six, that while Moses was gone, the people, <laughs> they, got, they got impatient. And they made for themselves a golden calf. Go back to worship. They made an idol for themselves, which is interesting because that also kind of reveals that they were making Moses their God. 
Moses. Because if Moses was gone, well, then our God is gone. So let's make a new God. Interesting. Side note. When do you do that? Make an idol for yourself. When you feel the absence of God or the silence of God and the enemy begins to accuse and say, your God is too weak. See, he doesn't care. Come on. Come on. Let's get aware of this. You guys, I am here as your coach to train you offensively and defensively. So you are not unaware of these schemes. So that when you do get knocked down, you go, oh, I didn't see that coming. We're gonna get up and go, okay, me either. I didn't see that coming. Because <laughs> I wouldn't want this for you, but yet it happened. So what can we do to strengthen ourselves in the Lord? So we don't sit down and eat and drink and rise up to idolatry. The second one, he says, we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day. This is back in Baal worship at Pure, Numbers 25, one through four. It was when Israel lived in Shittim. Let's all say Shittim together. <laughs> they were living in Shittim. And the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. They began to intermarry, intermingle. Before you know it, their sons are worshiping these gods of another country, another nation, little G gods, idols. Living in Shittim, idols. And 23,000 idolatry is costly to you, your children, your children's children. Now, I'm not here to scare you, but I am here to give you the fear of the Lord. Prone to wander, Lord, we feel it. Keep us out of Shittim. And the third thing Paul points to in history, we must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. Numbers 21, five, the people were grumbling, loathing the worthless food. <laughs> this, you know, this manna from heaven and quail, they were over it. <laughs> Come on. Verse 12, therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted 
beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Y'all, I'm convinced we suck <laughs> at the, tempt the tension of temptation. We give in so easily now. We think, oh, this must be from God. Look, I've been, I've been here praying and doing all the right things. And then temptation, a lust, lust of our eyes, the lusts of our flesh, like a snake just sliver on in. And we give ourselves over to it. Idolatry, giving ourselves over to the wrong thing. Temptation. There is no temptation that you have faced <laughs> that others have not faced. This is why it's important. Find your mentors. And I know some of you had told me I'm your mentor and I'm so grateful. I'll be your mentor, but find someone in flesh and blood too. Find someone, who's someone that you can do life with. Someone that can say, oh yeah, I've had that temptation. So common to me. So you don't feel alone because that's the lie of the enemy. The minute the enemy tries, he separates us from the hurt. You guys have heard me say it's the lie of suffering. You're alone. No one cares. Suffering is part of temptation. It won't feel good. For some of you, you've been doing these revving the words now for a while. It's no longer feels like the suffering it once did at the beginning because you've gotten stronger. You've overcome the temptation to say, eh, it's not worth it. Uh, God looks at the heart. He doesn't care that I can't climb the flight of stairs without being winded, that I'm on all kinds of medications, things I need in order to quote, feel well. Well, whether you eat or drink, whatever you choose to do, do it all to the glory of God. That'll take care of any idolatry growing in our hearts. Every day, a shade of blue. You won't believe what I'm going through. Do not like be idolaters, if some of them were. I wrote this down. If I'm going to contend with my idolatry, I must get aware of what I desire that doesn't glorify God. I'm gonna ask you that question. Push, accelerate, go towards an eight. What are you aware of that you desire? Prone to lift up higher then the good news of the gospel that doesn't glorify God. What do you lift up? What are you aware of that you desire that doesn't glorify God? 
pull back. So here's the deal with this, because I've lived through this. That question can be pretty tricky. What do I desire that doesn't glorify God? This can be tricky, why? For example, I desired a good marriage. That's all I ever, I just wanted a good marriage, a man to love me, to have a home that wasn't like my upbringing. Well, certainly that glorifies God, right? But I needed to first become a lover of God and not marriage. I need to first become a lover of God and not my body. I need to first become a lover of God and not the things I can acquire. Come on, accelerate. Everyone say, but God, (laughs) but God, he's a redeemer and a restorer. And I had to walk through the refiner's fire to get me back to good with God. So then I could have a chance at a true good marriage that would glorify God, where I could say, I love him. And he drives me crazy, but he does not (laughs) fulfill me. Whatever that thing is, it will not fulfill you. Come on. Glory says, God did it. It's all him. God did this. It's all him. Awe and wonder. Pull back. Tim Keller says, idols consume us as we pursue them. (laughs) Disappoint us when we get them and devastate us if we lose them. Come on. But God, yeah, consume us, God. Consume us as we pursue you. And when you have him, you have everything. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. With him are the words of life. There's no disappointment when you get him. A lot of us need some rewiring in our brain. We've been indoctrinated that if God loved me then, we've got to break up with that equation. God loves you, period. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Come on. I want you to be this entire song your best holding effort. Idolatry is I want good 
more than I want God. I want good hair more than I want God. I want a good marriage more than I want God. I want a good job more than I want God. Come on. I'm reading your mail, aren't I? I just said to you, we have been indoctrinated into a pagan society. We are born into brokenness, born into sin, everyone. This is why I'm here to leave a legacy. You may not have gotten it right, but it's never too late. Turn about, seek God. Seek forgiveness and leave a legacy. If your children are 55 years old, it's not too late. Come on. You didn't know what you didn't know, but now you know. And you have a way out. There is a way of escape. You guys, come on. It's just a temptation. It'll pass. It'll pass. And the more you don't give into it, neuropathways shut down in your brain. It's like a trail through the wilderness. If you once upon a time, someone taught you how to walk that way. And then you walked it over and over. So when you felt mad, you did this. When you felt bad, you did this. You've traveled those pathways. This month we've been all about rewired. This whole thing, we should, it's every month we're rewiring you. So now when you are tempted to be, when you're mad, which you will be mad, it's not a sin to be mad, but when you are tempted to lash out, say things that later you do not mean <laughs> that you will now be able to stop and remember wait a minute or at least acknowledge I'm being tempted my brow is furrowing my fists are tightening my breath is shortening your body is sending you a message before you can even put it into words I promise you it's a split second like a millisecond to have a limbic brain response, which drives us to idols. But to have a high functioning reasoning thought, two to three seconds, to come up to your prefrontal medial cortex, to reason, to sit in the, sit at the banquet table in the presence of your enemies, two to three seconds. Breathe right now, come on, God, Give us the two to three seconds. We need that buffer now. We need it stat, God. Come, shut down these pathways. So when you have that two to three second, it is a way out. He is providing a way out. Breathe, Selah, in the face of an enemy. Selah.
quiet reflection. And then you choose not to go down that path. Over time, that trail that once upon a time, some pagan walked you down, someone who didn't know better walked you down, it will overgrow. I want you to see it right now in your mind. I want you all to see pathways overgrowing, rapid growth, so you cannot find that path anymore. But what you can find is the glory of God path. What does that look like? guys have less than two minutes push go to a nine go to a ten spend yourself worship God and I you know how you'll be you know how you'll know you're worshiping God joy joy shows up joy and liberty Come on, you're almost there. I don't care if you do jumping jacks, dance, skip. He's worthy. He's worthy of you waiting two to three seconds for a way out. Tell him he's worthy. <laughs> and pull back. Oh, I have a feeling y'all can pray for me before this podcast comes out to you or now as you're hearing it. Because I'm positive. I just kicked up some dirt and some mud in the enemy's face and he is... P-O. Remember, he doesn't care if you worship him. He doesn't care. Just worship anything but God. Grumble away. Come on. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> Verse 20, Paul says... No. Actually, let me go to verse 18. No, no, 19. What do I imply then? That food offered to idol is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. You guys get it? Before me, my marriage, I was offering it to the enemy. 
willing to sacrifice anything for someone to love me. I lost, I gave so much of myself away. And all I would gain in return is more disappointment. That's how you know it's an idol. Disappointment and devastation. It's all you seem to get. <laughs> so many people indoctrinated into a world that says sacrifice your time, your talent, your treasure for more treasure, for marriage, for sex, for money, prestige, platform. Shoot. Paul's saying they're offering all of that to the wrong God and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons, Paul says, verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Verse 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. This ought to rub your pride, and it might also scare you to think, oh gosh, that means I'm going to be a mat. Everyone's going to walk over me. No. Humility. You know where your strength comes from. Remember I said in the last chapter that Paul could become all things to all people because he knew who he was. <laughs> a servant of Christ, here for your benefit. Jesus came to serve and not to be served. He didn't need anything of the world. He didn't need anything of man. Now here's the deal. He also was fully man. Sure, he had needs. Sure, he felt it. Lonely. <laughs> Betrayed. Right? Despised. Misunderstood. He felt that all. And he needed one thing. His father. Now he had a leg up. He is God. He is fully God and fully man, facing every temptation that is common to us, but without sin. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. This is the word of God.
everyone last song let me give a little time with you because I need to get you back because there is no giving glory to God if you don't overcome temptation If temptation keeps overtaking you, okay, you're not ready. That does not give glory to God. Definitely gives you a need for God. And he is here to help you. There is a blessing. I do believe. You guys... When you die one day and you are in the kingdom of God, you won't be tempted. You will give God a glory that we have yet to know. But here on earth, we give God glory when we don't give in to the temptation. So I've always said this to you, I say it over and over. When temptation shows up, I want you to see the enemy. He is teeing you up. <laughs> teeing you up for good or for evil. He is a pawn on God's chessboard. The enemy is a pawn. The enemy is the enemy. He's a mouse in the corner with a flashlight behind him projecting the image of a dragon. Remember, you will bruise his heel, but he, Jesus, will crush your head. He's been crushed. So every time you do not give in to the temptation, <laughs> that is a glory to God because you go, oh my gosh, only God could do that. I didn't know I had that in me. He will provide a way out. James 1, 12 to 15 said, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial or temptation. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Come on. This is James coming off of count it all joy, my brothers, when you face your temptations, because the tension is producing something good. Yeah, good and eternal. <laughs> so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, because in whatever you do, there will be temptation to take a shortcut. Where there will be a temptation to lift yourself up. Whatever you do, do all 
to the glory of God. All. Question of the day and always. Does this glorify God? Is what I'm thinking glorifying God? Is what I'm feeling glorifying God? Is what I've been tempted to say, right? Because again, it's not a temp- it's not a sin when it's inside of you. When it makes its way out of you and now becomes this charged and transmitted energy into the world, that's sin. It wasn't sin for Eve to look at the apple, but she felt the tension. That she felt that temptation which shows up at a tension of, I feel like God said something else here. And she just gave too much time to an enemy. God, make us quick. God, I ask you for the days ahead that we would be true worshipers, people who worship you in spirit and in truth, that you would intersect us with the places inside of us, God, that we are tempted to give in to the enemy, that we give too much time to the enemy. God, come and cut it off right now in Jesus' name. Put a do not pass, no more trespass down this road anymore, God, and open to us a spacious road that leads to your goodness and your glory, to everything eternal that the world cannot take from us. In Jesus' name, amen.